Good morning, everyone. My name is Jacinta, and today I'll be reading God's Word for us. Um, Today's reading comes from Psalm 7, which is on page 538 of your church Bibles. Um, But before I read, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Give us faith to receive it, understanding to know what it means, and the will to put it into practice through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Psalm 7. A Shigeon of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush, a Benjamite. Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Lord my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have repaid my ally with evil or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue me and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. Arise, Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you while you sit enthroned over them on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to, your, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. Bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure, you, the righteous God, who probes minds and hearts. My shield is God Most High, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who displays his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared, prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. Whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. Whoever digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit they have made. The trouble they cause recoils on them. Their violence comes down on their own heads. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. My name's Micah. For those who don't know me, it's, it's nice to be with you this morning. Why don't we start in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word here in Psalm 7, which you spoke through your servant David. Help us to hear it, to write it on our hearts and obey it. Teach us through it how we might take refuge in you, and may it bring us comfort and confidence in Jesus, who is our salvation and refuge. Amen. Have you ever been accused of something falsely or perhaps slandered for the wrong reasons? If you're a Christian, uh, which I, I think most of us are in the room here, you've probably experienced false accusations before because of your faith. I'm sure that there have been times when you've heard things like this. How could you be part of that group? They hate minorities. They take away people's freedoms. They brainwash children. They treat women as less valuable than men. They endorse slavery. 
they cause racism and wars, they just generally hinder human progress. How could you be part of a group like that? How could you support them? What happens when, by following Jesus, you are accused of moral evil? What happens when you are pursued wrongly? In Psalm 7, we hear that David had a similar experience to this. He wrote this psalm at a time when he was being accused falsely of things he didn't do by his enemies. They were wrongly accusing him. And what we see here is how David responds. He helps us to understand how we can respond rightly. He actually teaches us uh, a very important thing, that we can take refuge in God because of his justice. Now, that might raise a few questions for us, and, and I've got three that I've, I've written in uh, the booklet um, that you can turn to, but they'll also be up on the screen, and they help us explore why God's justice means we can take refuge in him. So, the first question. Whoops, next slide. Why is God's justice a refuge? In other words, what makes God's judgment of right and wrong a thing that I can take refuge in, that we could take refuge in? Look with me at verse 3. Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is guilt on my hands, if I have repaid my ally with evil, or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Now, what we see here is that the reason David can say in verse 1, Lord, I take refuge in you, is because he knows that God sees the truth. He says, if, if I did do what my enemies are accusing me of, then it would be right for you to let them overtake me. But David knows that God sees the truth here. He knows that God judges rightly and is not deceived. God knows, uh, David knows that God is aware that he's not done what they're saying. <laughs> See, David cares more here about what God thinks in the situation. He knows that uh, God's true knowledge of what is right is more important to him. A few years ago, when, um, when I went to Jakarta in Indonesia, I was visiting a friend there uh, who did ministry there, and after a few weeks, uh, we spent, I spent about two months there, and after a few weeks, I started to feel extremely isolated because I couldn't speak the language um, and if I needed to travel anywhere to go get food or anything else, um, I needed to rely on other people to get on the back of a, a moped um, and be taken somewhere. I couldn't understand the, the maps for public transport or anything like that. Anyway, so one day uh, someone said to me, well, why don't you just get your scooter license? I thought, well, well I don't know the rules and, and, and I, I can't read the signs how on earth could I pass the test? And he said, no, 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 you don't need to do, you don't need to pass the test. Just hand the man at the counter a little bit of extra money and he'll give you your license. Now, I didn't do that because I knew it was wrong. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because there are many countries around the world where that sort of thing is normal. If someone is in court, they can just pay off the judge. They might have done something wrong and if they just have a enough money, they can pay them off they avoid their punishment, and the innocent people uh, don't get vindication. They don't get to see justice. But here it's not like that with God. David shows us God upholds justice. 
And because of this, David knows that he can take refuge in God who will treat the case fairly. He continues in verse 6, Arise, Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God. Decree justice. Verse 9, Bring an end to the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. You, the righteous God, who probes minds and hearts. We see here, David knows that even though his enemy is raging, wishing violently to tear him apart, God stands above it all, looking to the heart at every individual. God's justice means he stands up for the truth. The same is true with God's people, the church. God sees through the accusations and he seeks justice for those who do right. Are you accused of evil because you stand up for Jesus? Are you hated because uh, you don't share the same values of your family because you stand up for the gospel? That's the centre of your life. Are you pressured at work because of your faith? Are you accused of brainwashing children because you want scripture in schools and children to learn about Jesus? God sees through the truth and his approval matters more. He probes minds and hearts. See, God's justice is a refuge to those who do what is right before him because he stands up for them. Now, if that's the case, though, this brings us to our next question, which is what does it mean to take refuge in God? What does it mean for us? Well, the psalm says... Refuge in God means being at peace with God as our righteous judge. Verse 14. Whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. Whoever digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit they have made. The trouble they cause recoils on them. Their violence comes down on their own heads. In these verses, there's a call to remain right before God and therefore at peace with Him. Verses 11 and 12 also warn us, they say actually, if a wicked person keeps on doing wickedness, then God displays His wrath every day to that person. But what does it say about the good person in verse 10? It says, God is their shield. He protects them, He vindicates them. And that means He he shows them to be right even when, and the accusations to be wrong. Now, this doesn't mean just do good and you will be blessed. It's not a way to manipulate God into blessing us. And, and it doesn't necessarily even mean that evil people will always suffer judgment in their life. That sometimes bad people live very comfortably while good people suffer. That's the reality of our world. But David here knows that God doesn't just ignore injustice. And he knows that he will make sure that at the end of all things, there will be a retribution for evil. So the answer this psalm gives to the question, what does it mean to take refuge in God? It actually means to do good and to avoid evil so that you are in a good relationship with God and he will protect and defend you. But this brings us to our last question then. See, if the the psalm says that our refuge is in God's justice... And that to take refuge in his justice, we must be good and not evil, it leaves a troubling question in our minds, or at least it leaves one for me. How, can, how are we able 
to take refuge in God. When I look at my life, there have been many times when I've been in the wrong, where I have been the evil person which Psalm 7 condemns. I've done wrong not just against David, as the people in Psalm 7 have done, but against God in my thoughts and my words and my deeds, sometimes in conscious ways, and sometimes I've done the wrong without even realising it and only found out later. Recently, um, I actually I failed my first uh, essay at college, <laughs> and um, I was shocked. Previously, I'd done fairly well in the class, and, and, um, and this time I'd gone through the rubric and all the question and worked out, okay, what do I need to answer? I thought I'd answered it all, all up to scratch, and it wasn't until afterwards that I sat down and talked to my lecturer where he showed me what I had done wrong because I had no idea on my own. And that's often our experience. We think that we're in the right according to what we think is right or wrong. But until we read God's Word, until we understand what it says for us, we really don't know what is right or wrong. And so the question is, are we really the righteous people in this psalm? I know I like to think I am, but am I really? Are we really? Or are we the wicked whose violence comes on our own head? Even the psalmist, David, we know that his life was not perfect. In 2 Samuel, uh, he sleeps with another man's wife, and then he sends uh, that man out to the front lines of battle to cover up his tracks. David, the king of Israel, the author of this psalm, is an adulterer and a murderer. How on earth could he pray this psalm? How can he say, vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness and integrity? Now, to be fair to David, I I think he wrote this psalm, when he wrote this psalm, he had in mind a very specific moment where he is being accused of something particular he hasn't done, and he's asking God to justify him in that situation. I, I don't think he's claiming to be a perfect person. In fact, we do have many psalms where he cries out to God saying, I'm a sinner, please forgive me. But this doesn't take away from the principle here that David uses which helps us understand righteousness and wickedness. The principle is still a true one. God is a righteous judge. He condemns wickedness and vindicates those in the right, as the psalm says. So what then? How can David, a sinful human being, say this psalm throughout his life? And how can we? How can we expect to take refuge in God? In in the Bible, David was chosen as a representative king. And because of this, God uses David's life and his words to point forward and represent another king who God had planned all along. David's words here in Psalm 7 represent God's perfect king, Jesus, who is God's son. He lived a perfect and righteous life completely at peace with God. He was never once the wicked person who Psalm 7 condemns, always the righteous person, serving and praising God. He alone could say, as verse 8 does, let the Lord judge the peoples, but vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity. He alone could be confident in his own righteousness, saying, as verse 10 does, My shield is my God most high, who saves the upright in heart. If he so desired, he could say, as verse 1 does, Lord my God, I take refuge in you, save and deliver me from all who pursue me. 
so they will not tear me apart like a lion. And yet, what did he say? Did he use his righteousness, his goodness, to, to save himself from those who pursued him? In the Garden of Gethsemane, as those who sought his life uh, without cause pursued him to tear him apart, he said, yet not my will, but yours be done. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. On the cross, he was torn apart by those who pursued him. He was punished for the sins of the wicked person in Psalm 7. He fell into a pit, not his own though his righteousness could have indeed been his refuge in God. Yet he did this so that when we put our faith in him, his death pays what we owe. We are counted as having his righteousness, not our own. This brings us back to the big point of Psalm 7, which I highlighted earlier on, which is we can take refuge in God because of his justice. So what does that mean here? It means we can take refuge in God because of what Christ has done. God himself justified us through Jesus. We can say the words of Psalm 7 as if we were the good person and not the evil person because Christ's blood has paid for our guilt and his goodness is counted as ours. In Revelation, the last book of the Bible, chapter 6 has a picture of what it's like for Christians who are counted as good and right before God because of Jesus. Verse 10, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? With this in mind, Psalm 7 gives us an appropriate perspective for how to deal with the common experience of accusation, of false accusation when the world around us accuses us of all kinds of evil for following Jesus, it is right for us to take the problem to God. And since he is good and just, we can hope for justice. Because of Jesus, we can rightfully cry out, like David in Psalm 7, for justice to be done, confident in the righteousness and goodness that we have through him. We might not see justice tomorrow or today, but we can know that as we wait, like the, like the saints in Revelations, God is the righteous judge who stands over all the nations. In the proper time, he will do justice on the earth. Because of Christ, when we are pursued for our faith, we, like David, can say, Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for Jesus who died for us so that our evil could be paid for. We thank you that he has made us at peace with God. Help us to put our trust in you when we are accused of evil for following him. And help us to take refuge in your justice as we wait expectantly for his return. Amen.